0: Always here to be your second opinion. Or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You get the picture. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always on at DoctorWhoever.com.
1: Maybe he's right. Maybe there is something the matter with me. <laughs> I just don't see how a world that makes such wonderful
2: things could be bad. Look at this stuff,
0: isn't it me? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete?
3: This
2: is the Wouldn't Doctor Whoever Project. We're having a special little Disney, Disney edition Disney. today. we going to have a uh, Disney expert come on, tell us some Pictures fascinating things. What's changed, what's still the same ever in everybody's favorite around. playground Disneyland and Disney World Resorts, Orlando and California. Stand by for that interview shortly. Before, let's, uh, let's get a little bit into Disney. Let's hear about the history, uh, how it started, some fun facts, a little bit about Mickey and the man Walt, who created him right out of his own imagination so long ago, before most of us were even born. We grew up with these characters, Mickey Mouse, Aladdin, Tarzan. They taught us lessons, life stories, fascinating music. They've captured kids' imaginations throughout the years and still do to this day. Kids still enjoy the Little Mermaid and Hercules, just like I did. And big kids and little kids still go to these theme parks with their friends and family to celebrate special occasions or just to have a nice day in the sun. Well, we're going to come right back and let's hear all about Walt Disney and how it started. If I could
1: live out of these waters,
4: what would I pay to spend a day
1: Do you know all the secrets behind the happiest place on earth? December 5th, 1901 Walt Elias Disney is born in Chicago, Illinois As a child, Walt always had an interest in animation and storytelling Which really worked out for him, I would say By the 1920s, Walt moves to California with his brother Roy To start an animation company In 1928, the brothers release a short film called Steamboat Willie Now, you can't show it or will be sued immediately but it introduced the world to a character called mickey mouse and as you almost definitely know it became a world phenomenon Throughout the 30s and 40s, Walt's studio releases a series of massively successful iconic films like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Cinderella, Pinocchio, and Fantasia. But the 1950s, Walt wanted to expand the Disney empire. He was getting letters from young fans all over the world asking if they could visit Walt Disney Studios. He would also watch his own daughters enjoy the kitty rides at LA's Griffith Park and thought, what if we created a park that could cater to both kids and adults? He developed a plan for a simple eight-acre park called Mickey Mouse Land, but then, in classic Walt Disney fashion, decided it needed to be bigger, better, and way more expensive. Walt traveled around the world, visiting legendary amusement parks like Denmark's Tivoli Gardens for inspiration and realized he had to load his park with a crap ton of spectacle and a poopload of whimsy. So, he buys 160 acres of orange and walnut groves in Orange County, California and, on July 17, 1955, Disneyland officially opens with much fanfare. By 1959, Walt was already looking to expand his first park. He noted that only 5% of Disneyland's visitors were coming from east of the mighty Mississippi, but also, that's where most Americans lived. He also desired to have greater control over the area around his park. He hated the random businesses that surrounded his land. Walt started secretly purchasing large plots of land in Orlando, Florida to make an East Coast Disneyland that was bigger, better, and more polished than the original. 1965. Walt announces his grand plan for Walt Disney World, designed not to be a theme park, but a destination, surrounded by golf courses, hotels, and wholesome shopping experiences. It's like a little bubble of happiness tucked away in the Florida swamps. 1966. Walt Disney passes away before he can see his dream fulfilled, is possibly cryogenically frozen, and his brother Roy takes over. 1971, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom opens, and it is enormous. Less than three months later, Roy also passes away, but Disney World becomes an immediate hit, soon becoming the must-visit destination for crying children and sweaty parents alike. The original park featured many rides that still exist today, including the rage-inducing It's a Small World, whose titular song plays on an eternal loop, and some people claim it might be the most played song of all time, like ever. The Haunted Mansion, morbid fact. According to the LA Times, Disney employees have to constantly stop guests from spreading their loved ones' ashes throughout the ride, and if they catch you, you get a lifetime ban. The Country Bear Jamboree, which... I actually don't want to make fun of the Country Bear Jamboree. It's just plain fun. Throughout the 1970s, more classic rides were added to the Magic Kingdom Gauntlet, including the then Johnny Deppless Pirates of the Caribbean and the always Johnny Deppless Space Mountain. 1982, as the park exploded in popularity, a second themed area opens, Epcot. This stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. And originally, Walt Disney envisioned this as an actual utopian community that people could actually live inside. It was Walt's vision of what the future of America could look like. For reference, this is what it actually looks like. Instead, it became the go-to destination for people who want to drink overpriced beer all day while pretending they're in Venice. Since then, the park kept expanding and the cult of Disney fanatics ballooned. A ton of urban legends and conspiracy theories came out about the park, and many of them are surprisingly true. There is an underground system of tunnels underneath the park that employees use to quickly navigate the park's space, which, as of right now, is bigger than the world's five smallest nations combined. All of the American flags in the park are fake. Real flags are required to fly at half-mast in times of national mourning, but Disney flags have missing stars or stripes, so they are technically penance, and them rules don't apply to penance. There is, in fact, a secret speakeasy in every park named Club 33, but to get in, you have to be an official member. People have reported waiting periods of up to 14 years, and initial fees can be upwards of $40,000 with an additional annual fee in the tens of thousands. I think I'd rather chug a beer at Epcot and fake Venice, personally. By 2019, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens and hundreds of thousands of nerds emerge from their parents' basements, pale and red-eyed, to make the pilgrimage to the new geek mecca. Started as an IRL extension of Walt Disney's dream, grew to a worldwide tourist destination with over $58 million visitors per year thank you disney world for confirming walt's original suspicion that if you make a park that's fun for kids fun for adults and has plenty of turkey legs you can eat with your bare hands people will show up and just hand over their hard-earned money all right thank you so much for watching this season of history of
2: remember and that was from the thrill list so if you want to check it out on youtube check out the Thrillist on youtube from august 19th 2020 i think my disney expert is on the line is lauren available right now i'm here hey lauren how's it going let me just suggest this uh wonderful jody benson i'm doing good thank you for joining me last minute i know we've been talking uh, for a while so i thought i'd wait for you and throw a little clip out of with a little quick history but i want you to just go and tell me what the new fascinating things are that people should know about the whole disney as a whole
5: Hi, my name is Lauren. I am a travel agent, and I'm also the host of the Price for Paradise podcast. Oh, very nice. And so the big thing that is coming up right now is Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, and that starts on October
2: 1st. I want to go to that. I've already seen the commercials and looked into it. (laughs)
5: Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. There's gonna be all new merch, all new costumes for the Fab Five, all new rides and restaurants. It's just a huge
2: deal. Now, what are we talking a lot of, or is it somewhat reasonable? I think Disney's always been somewhat reasonable, but I know there's things that have came out uh, kind of recently about their prices increasing or kind of going up a lot more than they did in the past.
5: So, well, really the whole reason, like, I started my podcast was to kind of talk about money and Disney and vacations altogether, because when I grew up, I never went to Disney until I actually worked there in as I, as I was an adult. Well, so just, you like, were a cast tournament. member. Yeah, nice. I was. I was part of the marine biology team that at the Epcot
2: Seas. Oh, that's... I've See, I've been there. That's, that's just one of my... Epcot was always one of my favorite ones as I got older... I've always been kind of an older soul, so I just wanted to like mm-hmm. go sit around Epcot and just watch people and let uh, you go sweat <laughs> and wait in a line for an hour. I'll I'll chill over here.
5: <laughs> oh my gosh, Epcot is my favorite. I love part, Epcot. So I love that.
2: <laughs> we'll continue. I'll let you keep going. This is your segment, so if I jump in too much, just tell me to shut up, okay? Your-
5: no, 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 I don't really have anything like prepared. So I mean, I. I can talk all about, you know, going to the parks and what's going on at the parks right now. Now, is it back to normal?
2: I hear it is, and then I've heard it's not. Or is it split based on where you're going?
5: So, I haven't been to Disneyland since the reopening. I've only been to Disney World, um, which is the one in Florida, for Mm -hmm. people that don't know. Um, And so, I feel like Disney World is definitely... On the scale from like 1 to 10, at 1 being right when they opened up after COVID and it was a completely different experience to 10 being completely pre-pandemic, I'd say they're probably about a 7 right now.
2: Okay, well, I mean, that's good. I'm, from, from where yeah. we were last year, you can only, you know, say good job. I mean, I, I know Disney never wants to get anything bad pub, like they want to be clean as can be. I mean, they even paid yeah. that family off who... This kid got eaten by the alligator and it's kind of poof oh, went yeah. away. I know it's like, but I mean, they, they are, they're good at that kind of thing. <laughs> um, they, they're going to keep it clean. They're going to keep people safe. They're not going to have any nonsense going on. So you can see that as a family friendly, safe place to, to go, I would assume, as, as opposed to places that don't cost to get in, just like a festival or something. Spending a little extra money might make you safer in the long run.
5: Yeah. So Disney, you're right. The last thing that Disney wants is bad PR, and that is especially true with COVID. So it would just be a nightmare if they had a COVID outbreak there. So ever since they reopened, they've done. They've just went above and beyond with all of their COVID precautions and I've been to Universal too and even more so than the Universal Parks Disney's really been going above and beyond with you know keeping everything clean and offering hand sanitizer and you know they walked some of that stuff back now but Mm -hmm. it's it's that balancing act of like how fast do we get back to to normal definitely and
2: I don't expect Disney to provide me hand sanitizer you know if I want to bring hand sanitizer (laughs) I should be I think we're we've gone into this new world of a 2021 post-COVID that we just are expecting to be handed a mask if we need one or some hand sanitizer. Or, I mean, what's next? People are going to just like you know wipe your butt for you. It's just it's getting a little silly. <laughs> but Here's um, a booty wipe. Yeah, it's like here you go. You know, it's like yeah, okay, you know. So I understand the pullback and but then I also understand the overreach a little bit to show hey, you know, we're doing all we can possibly do to make the people that feel uncomfortable. More comfortable, yeah. So I mean, I, I bad about don't that. know
5: about you, but I was one of those people that was completely like held up in their house, you know, all of 2020. So oh
2: yeah, no, I I, I just moved to Las Vegas in January, you know, for a work thing. It was like oh, it's gonna be great. I'm moving to Vegas. It'll be interesting. Oh, my gosh. And then February <laughs> hit, and then we're like oh, it's kind of odd. And then I was supposed to fly to Paris in March, actually. To get married, and that oh, didn't wow. happen. And then uh, all those plans just kind of went away. We started getting refunds, and um, actually, we're lucky enough to just kind of save up money. And now I'm permanently in Las Vegas. Just bought a house this past February. So, who knows where life's gonna <laughs> take you? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Who knows where? Who know? I tell people, who knows where life's gonna take you? Sometimes, just go with the flow. You know, just. See what happens, and I think Disney's one of those perfect places that people can go get their imagination back, regain some of that spirit they once had that's been kind of beaten down through life and everyday, you know, everything, everyday things you do. I would even tell people my age and even older in their 40s and 50s, go without your children, <laughs> take a break. <laughs> you know, I know, yes. like,
5: oh my gosh, it's you're it, yeah, you're to the choir. I mean, Disney's
2: sure. great for, I mean. For kids, it's great, but they almost need like a babysitting service where you can just show up and they take them around like a summer camp and then the parents can go chill at Epcot or at the water they parks. Oh, they do have? They have babysitting? Yeah. They oh, wow. Andrew How would you?
5: Babysitting. Now, is that through
2: Disney or like a third party?
5: Oh, it's through Disney. Yeah.
2: Oh, wow. So See, they have everything. They do. They like, want
5: to do a date night for it's,
2: sure. It's like Amazon of entertainment. If you say it, <laughs> if, you can, if you can conceive of it and somehow describe it, you can find it and they have it. Well, that's amazing. Well, um, I know you talked about the 50th anniversary, so I'm just going to read a little segment real quick. Um, The biggest thing on the horizon is Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, which happens on August 1st, 2021, is the kickoff of the world's most magical. October 1st, 2021. My bad. October 1st, 2021, the kickoff for the world's most magical celebration. Don't miss it. If you haven't seen the commercials, you will be seeing them. And everybody Thank knows the crying. um the area code for like Orlando cuz it's like every time you see that they they, they always say 407 W Disney. So it's like it's like burned mm-hmm. into brain. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know of uh any new rides coming up this year? Um I see it talks about there are new rides, but I don't see any lists of any actual rides.
5: Yeah, so the the big one that's coming out right on October 1st is Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Nice. And that speaking of Paris. It actually is in the Paris uh, Disneyland park right now, mm-hmm. and they're taking a copy of it, and they're bringing it to Epcot.
2: That is nice. I, I like yeah. how we're doing that. They're they're being more global as a company instead of just, hey, we're over here. We're the American right. one. That's great. That's that's what yeah. the world needs more of. Well, that's yeah, good. Yeah, and
5: it is so cool. It's the ride. I've never been on it, but I've totally been that person watching YouTube like videos of it in Paris, but um, you shrink, the concept is like you shrink down to the the size of Remy from the movie Ratatouille, and you're like going through the kitchen and stuff as the size of a mouse, so I'm so excited. So
2: it's probably like a a more updated obviously way more updated version of honey gosh shrunk the kids if you if you if you're somewhere around my age there was like a honey gosh shrunk the kids <laughs> ride not at disney but i think it was like universal or somewhere and yeah. you were in the, the chairs it just kind of shook around but it was so like amazing and then everything would be big on the screen you would think you were small and you were just like jolting around in the chair
5: i never rode that ride but i've heard of it i have only been going to universal for like the past 5 years so
2: I haven't I haven't oh, been to a theme park years. in forever. I kind of got theme park burned out, and then Not really. it's kind of well. It's kind of funny how a whole year of where you can't do anything makes you appreciate what you could do.
5: Yeah, so I'm absolutely. like
2: every weekend now I've been trying to do something, get out. Um, but you know you don't want to spend tons of money either, so it's nice to be able to find things you can do that are cheaper, so you can plan and save up for like a nice large scale vacation like Disney because. I remember when I went the first time as a kid. My mom bought like a book from Barnes and Noble, but this is, like, this is before the internet, and she like yeah. had tabs all in it. She created a notebook of like everything we were supposed to do every day an itinerary. And I was like, "Oh my god!" But it worked out actually. She did oh, a good job. We we uh, we we didn't miss out on anything. We uh, really wanted to do so. Like, I can't uh, I can't fault her for that. But it was a little crazy. But that's alright.
5: That's so sweet, though. Like that she took she took all that time and effort. Yes, and yes, yes. Put that into your vacation, and like yeah, things she are so did. much easier now because oh, they God. have the My Disney Experience app, where mm-hmm. like you can look up anything. But I love that. That's really cute.
2: <laughs> yeah, she was. She was the. Uh, she could have made her own app with all that research, probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, okay. Um, let's do one more quick little thing. I want to know what should. People definitely not miss if they're gonna go to Disney. That might not be on like the you know the billboards and the commercials. Something that's kind of under the radar that everyday person can access, but they might not know about. Hmm. I know there's like pubs and little speakeasies people talk about, but I think they're membership only. Um, yeah. The
5: yeah, I heard when you were uh, when you played that clip about Club Thirty Three, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, that's for like the uber rich people, like. They just have tens of thousands of dollars to just, like, throw at Disney every year. Well,
2: I think but, what you um, said earlier, the babysitting, that's something new that I've never heard of. That could, yeah. actually could be, like, that should be on everybody's... I wonder how much that costs, though. I mean, I guess it can't cost that much if they're going to get enough kids that would do it uh, to make it worth it.
5: Hmm. Yeah, I have looked it up, how much it costs, because I don't have kids, but um, I work with a lot of clients that have kids, so that's, like, a huge thing to them. It's just being able to go take a date night and being able to trust somebody that's going to come in and not just, like, turn on the TV for your kids. They come with, like, activities and games and all
2: sorts of stuff to do with the kids. Nice. See, it's oh, good when they cool. go out there. It's, like, rides, but they also get to do activities, too. Because I think sometimes these kids... You look at them, and they're just like, their faces are all red, and their nose is running, and they don't look like they're crying. They don't even look like they're having a good time, but their parents are like, we spent $150 on these tickets, you will ride this ride. It's yeah. Like, I remember being terrified of It's a Small World, because the witch oh, came out at the end. Apparently, I, I kind of remember it, but I think I more remember the story. And then I, uh, I was... Uh, I was, like, afraid to ride any other rides after that, so it took a while to get me on a ride. So I can only imagine what kids have to go through, or parents have to go through with, you know, being hot and hungry and everything costs a million yeah. dollars. But you do it, you know, you do it for the kids. Even people that make, you know, minimum wage usually find a way to take their kids to Disney even for a day or two. Um, it's just part of the American global experience, I think, nowadays. Like, just to, you know, it's so intertwined in our our culture but you know everywhere now
5: yeah absolutely and that's what I was gonna say too with like being a podcast that's like financial and travel related I think you're absolutely right like everybody can make Disney work it's just you have to like really look like sit down and look at your budget and Mm -hmm. think okay if I have $3,000 to go to Disney for my family of five like you can make that work. You can make almost any budget work, you know, willing that you have enough money for at least the base tickets. Right. There's, there's all sorts of options now with staying off site and, you know, just bringing in food and, oh. you know, doing it oh, yeah. every other day instead of every single day mm-hmm. at the park. And sometimes you that's better. Go do
2: something so else. Go see the alligators or walk around, go shopping one day, then pop back to the park, you know?
5: Yeah. Like I am a huge advocate of not going to the parks every day of your vacation. (laughs) Not only to save money because you don't have to buy a park ticket for each one of those days, but also just to give your body a rest. Like Mm -hmm. you are on vacation. It's so so hot too if you're not used to that climate.
2: Yeah, it's just sometimes you know you're just sweating so much because of the humidity that you're drinking so much water, but you're just sweating it all out. Oh, oh speaking speaking of they drinking, can
5: be like the the worst. Sometimes uh, so with you get so. <laughs> well,
2: uh, so something I always like to tell people because I'm a I'm a coffee drinker. I love coffee, but I always drink coffee at home. I like invested in an ice coffee machine years ago. But mm. there's so many people that spend 150 dollars a week or a month or whatever on a coffee. Um, think about yeah. that, you know. Think about buying a thing of Folgers and. away every month and then after, you know, after a year, you've got Disney. That's it, right there.
5: Right. Yeah, I'm a huge... I'm super guilty about that. I actually bought an espresso machine for Christmas because I was like, I'm going to Starbucks way too much. So it's like, even though Nespresso, like, the pods aren't super cheap, Mm -hmm. but like, one dollar for my pod of Nespresso versus like five dollars at Starbucks. Like it's a little bit of saving, so yeah, all that can go towards my Disney vacations. <laughs> and
2: that's where, and that's what it should do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was fun. I really enjoyed that. I don't get to talk about Disney too much. I'm kind You're of a uh, I'm a Disney aficionado. I was I was at a fundraiser event recently, and um, God, the uh, Pocahontas song came on. Uh, mm-hmm. what's it called uh, I don't know like Shape of Your Heart or in, Into the Heart I don't know The but,
5: Colors of the Wind oh
2: that's it The Colors of your Wind yes yeah. and, but it wasn't actually like, so the Disney one it was like a live uh, a live version of it I guess like a real singer um, doing it and I was like yeah. this is Pocahontas and everybody looked at me like what <laughs> I was like wait you don't know yeah. like you don't know this song I was like you don't that hear this and just like no
5: that's, I like, just, the best part about starting a podcast and building a community of just dizzy nerds is, like, everybody speaks the same language and everybody oh yeah. would absolutely know that song and would probably start singing along with you, so...
2: <laughs> it's just one of my favorite ones. I'm trying to, I can't even find it, which is surprising. You would think it's, like, always on here. It's so strange how there's a million versions of every one of these songs. Well, this might have actually yeah. been it. Tori Kelly. Let's see if this is it. Oh, yeah, this is it. So it's very like melodic. It's nice. You sing with all the and I was like, yeah, this is from Pocahontas, the, you know, the Disney movie. And they're like, what? Yeah, like the Disney movie? And I was like, never mind. I feel
5: like okay, we have to have a movie night. Like you're yeah. coming over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, again for your like Disney
5: vacation. I know. If, if you Disney ever come to vacation, um, like
2: if you ever come to Las Vegas, we we'll have to do like a Disney thing.
5: Yes. Absolutely. I would love to have someone
2: that would wear like stupid tank top with me, a matching Disney tank top. With me. Um,
5: I'll wear the tank top, I'll wear the ears. I'll go full out. I'm not.
2: I used to I always love the Goofy a hat.
5: Robe, a, a Harry Potter robe in New York City like around in the subway a couple weeks ago. So, <laughs> yeah. I am full out nerd. I love that.
2: I Yes, I mean you know you gotta do you. You gotta do what yeah. makes you happy, and that's what. Let's um, like the intro to my show and the end, I always say you know tell your story because nobody's gonna tell it for you. Um,
5: I love that. Do your I thing, love that line. you know. Uh, yeah.
2: it, that's basically what it is. It's uh like that uh, have you heard that uh, Iggy Azalea song? I know it's a very random thing, but uh, she has a new song, and I, I guess it's based on a like a theory or a saying they they have in like Australia or New Zealand. I'm not gonna say that I'm the biggest. A your person um, but mm-hmm. it's uh basically like do your thing you know it's like you know just just do your thing nobody's gonna nobody's gonna do it for you it's called Sally Walker and it's like little Sally <laughs> Walker walking down the street is this it? yeah
0: I need a beat, I can't go off home.
3: Little Sally Walker walking down the street. She didn't know what to do, so she jumped in front of me. Little Sally Walker walking down the street. She didn't know what to do, so she jumped in front of me. I said, "Go girl, your thing, do your thing, do your thing.
2: do your thing, your thing." That's what it's about. Just do your thing. If you want to stand, yeah. if you want to get in the middle of the street and do a little dance, as long as you're not going to get hit by a car. You know, you're being safe about it. Do your thing, girl. And that's, you know, I I heard that song the other day, and I was like, oh, I I like people that are celebrities that are doing things that are positive, and in my opinion, that's a positive song. She's putting something positive out there. You can't say the same for a lot of people, you know? That's what, again, Again, bring it back to Disney. That's why I love me some Disney. They're, They're doing positive things, trying to bring positive light and brightness to the world with laughter and smiles. Right. And just like
5: you were saying, with, you know, going down there and just getting the magic back, like getting, having a, something surprise you. I mean, as adults, we don't get surprised often. We don't. Know what I mean? And it's like to see just Mickey pop up, like in a cavalcade <laughs> coming down the street, you're like, it's Mickey Mouse? And even as a 33-year-old woman, I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's magic here. And so I love that. Totally do your own thing. Be happy. Go to Disney without any kids, like I do.
2: Yes,
5: you'll be fine.
2: <laughs> I love it. Well, you've heard it straight from our Disney expert, Lauren. <laughs> you want to? You want to pub your podcast one more time?
5: Yeah. So it's Price for Paradise podcast. All right. As available on all the podcast catchers you can find them.
2: perfect well thank you again I loved this this was great um, I'll let yeah, you run absolutely. and if you want to do this again hit me up on, on the message and we'll we'll set this up uh, like absolutely. I said I'm, I'm trying to do
5: next time you go on a trip or oh, we do like sure. a Vegas show I'm going to have to have you on my
2: show too for oh, sure Oh, I actually just went to Resorts, Resorts World so I did a review of that on my last episode that I just posted yesterday um, but I'd love yeah, to talk to, love to you about some that sometime that. too
5: that was cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for having
2: me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Again, that was our Disney expert. We're going to come right back. We'll talk about a couple more little things and then close it out for the day. I know it's been a long day. It's been a long couple of days for me. This week is just dragging on with the news. Now Donald Trump says he's going to sue these social media companies. Uh, we'll get back to that in a second. This is Dr. Whoever Project. Hang out.
0: All the toxic vibes behind, and get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project.
2: Hey, how's it going? This is the Doctor Whoever Project. If you were listening before, uh, you might have heard we had uh, Lauren on. She's a, a Disney expert and travel agent, just telling us about what's going on down in the Disney worlds all around.
4: Brady and Rob Grunkowski, you and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have just Blowing
0: minds from coast to, to coast the is gonna... in here anonymous experts with insider information straight from the source get the facts and judge for yourself at dr whoever.com <laughs> you' my
6: best friend
1: no. stay away
2: If you uh, caught any of the news today, you might have seen that uh, our our former president, Donald Trump, is uh, talking some shit about suing Facebook and Twitter and Google, all three. Um, Just find that kind of fascinating. This is a quick little article from MSNBC News. Uh, This is July 7th, 2021. I haven't heard this at all. I just saw a brief little clip and thought that was one of the craziest things I've I mean this man does a lot of crazy things and says a lot of crazy things but um this I would say this is one of the most interesting interesting ones that has came out of Trump land in my opinion since you know his obvious loss and insurrection and all that kind of nonsense
4: since you're attacking us, can you give us a question? Go since ahead. you're no, Mr. President-elect, Mr. President-elect, go ahead. since you are, no, you. Can you. Can you, your you are attacking our news organization, well, can, I can I you give us a chance? You are attacking our news organization. Can you give us a chance to ask go a question, ahead. sir? Go ahead. Sir. Can quiet, you state Mr. President elect go ahead Can and you state categorically Mr. President elect can you give us a question don't be are attacking us can you give us a question don't be can you not give not us a question can you, you sir, can you give Can you state can you state categorically sir can you state categorically that nobody no Mr. President elect that's not appropriate
2: Yes that was our president former president Donald Trump he's claiming he's going to sue everybody so let's hear what they got to say about it on MSNBC news
3: Former President Trump is suing Twitter, Facebook, and the parent company of Google, claiming they're censoring him
4: and other conservatives. There is no better evidence that big tech is out of control than the fact that they banned the sitting president of the United States earlier this year, a ban that continues to this day. Continues. So we get the word out, but... It's, uh, it's not a fair situation. It's very, very bad for this country, very bad for the world. If they can do it to me, they can do it to anyone.
3: The three social media sites have banned the former president for the foreseeable, foreseeable future. They say because he used their platforms to spread lies about the 2020 election and stoke violence on January 6th.
2: As of right- and he did. They set up a board of directors to figure this out, what they need to do. He's banned right now for another year or two. Um, and they could decide to come back and keep that ban on, keep him off. And I think he should, the, the things he did are so crazy and ridiculous and against the country in so many ways that he does not deserve to have that kind of a platform and, oh, what happened to, oh, we don't want regulation. Oh, private businesses should be able to do whatever they want. They are, they are, they're private businesses. Their Facebook, their Twitter, their Google, they say they don't want you in their Facebook or in their Google or in their Twitter. Just like the gay bakery cake nonsense where the bakery didn't want to make the cake for the gay people. So the gay people were like, we don't like that. That's that's not cool. Nope. But the Supreme Court, court was like, yeah, yes. it doesn't matter. You don't have to make those people a cake. And I say, that's fine. Good. I wouldn't want to have to make some straight people's cake, maybe. Same situation here. Trump's mad because they don't agree with what he says. So they're saying like, nah, bro, we don't want you on here. Just like somebody saying they don't want to bake a cake for someone. How do people not understand this? And the fact that he goes up there and just completely contradicts himself in these ways Just makes him look so stupid.
3: Now, Facebook and Twitter have declined to comment on the former president's announcement. Joining me now, Peter Baker, New York Times Chief White House Correspondent, Jen Palmieri, Communications Director for the Obama White House and the Clinton 2016 campaign, and Brendan Buck, former advisor to House Speaker Paul Ryan and former Press Secretary to House Speaker John Boehner. Thank you all uh, for joining us this afternoon. Uh, Peter, let me start with you. Um, Do you think that President Trump actually expects these lawsuits to be successful?
6: Well, look, first of all, we should remember that Donald Trump is one of the most litigious people we've ever seen in American history. I mean, he files suits, (laughs) threatens suits, withdraws suits, and so forth at the drop of a hat. It's a way of strategy for him. And his view is, and he has told aides and advisors this, is that suits are not just there to win, but they're there to achieve a different purpose, to send a message, to intimidate an opponent, or to create pressure. Believe me, you are not
2: intimidating Facebook, Donald Trump. I promise you that they do not care about you they could buy you
6: you're on somebody that sort of thing so he doesn't always follow through even if he does follow through he doesn't always take it the full uh you know the full length of our actual court process so you know the message you just played i think is the message trying to get across if they can do it to me they'll do it to you in other words he's connecting to his base they're out to get us and that you should remember that i'm one of you and you're one of of me and so that's the most important message i think he's sending but there are some really interesting issues here legitimate issues about what the responsibility of social media companies have in terms of free speech versus uh you know responsibility for the content of speech they're not uh, you know subject to the first amendment in the same way the government is they're not you know a congress they're not a government they are private uh, entities that can set their own rules but how do they define the rules how do the rules apply when they are in fact the de facto town square for? The United States at large, and I think these are big.
2: But that's not how we are set up. We are set up for private businesses to be able to choose to do whatever they want. Just because they now have all this power, and people view them and use them more than they read a newspaper or talk to their friends in person, that's just society. And society has changed quicker than laws and the older people that are running things are are able to keep up. we are, the, we are the generations of technology. If you're between the age of 30 and 40 right now, you probably grew up with the internet in some form. And your parents probably were your age that you are now when the internet started. But now your parents are maybe 60, 70. So they kind of grew up in a half-internet culture, half-dark-ages culture. you got to understand, the internet has brought so many great things, so many technological advances, that there is such a difference in these age and generational gaps with understanding and mindset. Some of it is leading people to see, see nonsense and believe nonsense uh, very easily and very quickly, just like they uh, would believe in a religion. And then there's some people that are looking and saying hey, this is completely idiocracy. There's more, there's more smart people than dumb people, for now. But, I never know how long that's going to stay in place. And by keeping Trump off these platforms just helps keep down the stupidity from spreading even more than it already has into our society.
6: Big issues and real issues that, uh, you know, that are still obviously being debated by liberals and conservatives and the like.
2: I do love MSNBC. They always, like, give a good little viewpoint, uh, tell things kind of how it is without getting too emotional or dirty into the details. But that's just it. You know, Trump wants to have it his way and eat it, too. I mean, this man had a Diet Coke button on his desk in the Oval Office. It's just silly. It's ridiculous. Um, He goes up and says one thing and then says something else completely contrary to it another time. And nobody actually holds his feet to the fire and was like, Hey, you said this then. Oh, but you're saying this now. These things don't add up. Most people are starting to get it and just are like, eh. The good majority of this country is like, Donald Trump who, what? Like, But the news is the news, and he was a president of the United States, and when things like this come out, it is necessary to talk about it, Um, but to the point to understand that it's not all real. He can sue people all he wants. Just like he has, they sued over the election results constantly, to no avail. Most of his lawsuits don't turn out to be anything. People usually win a lawsuit against him or his company, or he pays out. The Trumpinator does seem like he's in trouble, and this seems like a squirrely way—a squirrely way to kind of deflect from uh, what's going on with that. All right, this is the Doctor Whoever Project. I'm gonna take a quick little break. I'll be right back in a second. Hang out.
0: Hey, you over there? Don't pick at it. This is the Doctor
2: Whoever Project. Stand by. All right, so there is some new Matt Gates Joel Greenberg news. It looks like um, I don't know. It's July seventh, so let's see what this uh, what this is. It does look like this could be some kind of breaking news. Um, do we actually have breaking news right now? Uh, breaking Matt Gates news? Let's see. Breaking news, Justin.
0: Feel free to turn your head and cough.
3: New questions this morning about what prosecutors are learning from former associate of Congressman Matt Gates Joel Greenberg. He is requesting a 90-day delay in his sentence so he can keep cooperating with federal prosecutors.
2: Oh. Remember okay. that
3: investigation into Greenberg sparked a separate one into Congressman
2: Okay, so he's like, "Hey, nah, don't don't sentence me yet, bro. Wait. I'm going to give more information. I'm going to tell more." I'm gonna tell you all I can. Just give me more time. I want to tell you. I want to spill more of my secrets. This is such a good foreshadowing of what could happen with the Trump Organization case. This is exactly what they're doing right now. This is just gone ahead into into the future. This is you know further progressed. We didn't see the very beginning as much when he was uh, when this uh, Joel Greenberg, the friend of Matt Gates, was indicted. Uh, he kinda just got indicted and then we found out about it and all this stuff came out after, after the fact with the connection to Matt Gates, which blew the story up into the national headlines. But all this stuff in the background was happening, it just wasn't happening live on CNN like it is with Alan Weisselberg.
3: When Gates, in part involving whether he had a sexual relationship with a minor and paid for her to travel with him, Gates has not been charged with any crimes and has denied any wrongdoing. With me now is NBC's Justice Correspondent Pete Williams. Um, Pete, can you give us some context here, specifically on the amount of time that Greenberg has been cooperating with prosecutors? Is there anything that you can read into that and what this request for a delay on sentencing might mean?
7: Sure. Uh, Remember, he pleaded guilty in May, May 17th. He'd already been cooperating at that point, and the government wanted to get his cooperation nailed down, so he pleaded guilty. They dropped a whole raft of charges against him. He did plead guilty to six counts, now, they carry, they carry a mandatory minimum sentence of 12 years in prison, but there is a federal statute that allows prosecutors to seek relief from those mandatory minimums if someone offers substantial cooperation. So that's what's in it for Joel Greenberg. He wants to try to get down below that 12-year mandatory and get his sentence potentially reduced.
2: All right, so here we go. We've got some more information on that. He has a mandatory sentence but he is thinking, alright, maybe I can delay this, find out more information to tell them, then they will possibly see me as even a better witness, rat, informant, whatever you want to call it. And then they won't give me that minimum sentence, they might just give me five years, six years, this guy's not going to get parole or anything. Possibly could get house arrest if 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 this really leads up to something up the flagpole that makes significant, you know, criminal significance. But we'll see. That's uh, that's going to be to come. But for now, we know that Matt uh, Matt Gates is definitely going to be shaking in his boots, and Joel Greenberg is thinking, how can I get the the least amount of time in prison? As possible.
7: On the other hand, it takes time. You might say, well, gee, two months of talking, what else is right. there to say? So he makes statements to the government, but then the government has to go verify them. It has to look at records, it has to potentially talk to witnesses, maybe it has to bring them back into the grand jury. So it's, it's not a matter of simply taking him at his word. That That's that's not uncommon in these cases where people cooperate and then the government checks it out. They raise new questions. They come back. So both he and the government are asking the judge here for a 90-day extension, so basically to let him continue cooperating for three more months.
3: If both of those parties, in, in typical cases, Pete, make that request to the judge, is the judge typically uh, – can we – do we know, is there a pattern on what judges typically do in those situations when both the defendant and the prosecution are making the, the, the case?
7: Well, for, for sentencing delays, yes, they almost routinely okay. grant them. There's no need, there's no reason the judge wouldn't. Right. Uh, so there's no speedy trial act issue here. He's already pleaded guilty. So, yes, the judge will almost certainly agree to this.
3: Pete Williams, live for us here in Washington. Pete, thank you much for that context. Appreciate it.
2: Oh, that was MSNBC news, so you heard it right there from them. Uh, Joel Greenberg's got a delay in his sentencing, so he can spill more information on Matt Gates, and we will follow up on that. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think. It's just so fascinating to me how these people were so blatantly throwing out this communication back and forth, and other people, even people that weren't involved in it, like bragging. Just this feeling of invincibility—that uh, nothing's ever gonna come out against you. Everybody loves you. Nobody would wanna send you to prison. Mm. Doesn't seem to be the case. All right. Uh, thanks a lot for hanging out with me today on the Doctor Whoever Project. This is July seventh, twenty twenty-one. Been great. I'm gonna head out, go to the gym, take the dog for a walk, maybe have a. Snack. Always remember to share your story. Because no one's gonna share it for you. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Signing out.
4: Okay, bye bye.
0: Blowing minds from coast to coast. The doctor is in. Here anonymous experts with insider information straight from the source. Get the facts and judge for yourself at doctorhoever.com.
6: Okay, bye-bye!
0: The Doctor is in and on air. Check out our records and meet the show at com.